Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. In today's episode, we have the Kettlebell King himself. I met him when he was the master instructor for Onnit Academy Kettlebell Certification. Now he's with the number one producer of kettlebells in the country, Kettlebell Kings. I can't say enough about this guy. He taught me everything I know about kettlebells. You guys probably know him from his Instagram page, Kettlebell Exercises. Man, I can't say enough about this guy. So why don't we just jump right into it? I want you guys to help me welcome to the podcast my dear friend, Marcus Martinez. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. And we're back again with another episode of the Sweated Out Podcast. Today, we have one of my good friends, the man, the myth, the legend, the kettlebell king himself, Marcus Martinez. How you doing, brother? What's up, dude? How you guys doing? We're doing well. Doing well. Trying to uh, trying to get through this summer heat, you know? You mean in Miami? So basically until... Ever, like, forever. forever. The rest of our lives. Yeah. Forever and ever. Since the day I was born. <laughs> How are things in LA, man? Uh, totally sane, totally normal. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever the hell, twenty twenty. Nah, it's been it's been cool. I'm in I'm in Orange County, so I'm a little bit removed from LA. So okay. it's uh, it's much quieter. But I go to LA multiple times, and it's not that bad. It's yeah, I'm I'm steering clear of the craziness. But outside of that, it's been pretty pretty much you know normal plus masks. Yeah, and I know we were talking about before the we got on the podcast how Miami and LA are neck and neck with uh, some crazy wild people. <laughs> you know, you yeah, got yeah, you got two of the front runners right here. Else. You're talking to two of the front runners, <laughs> two different styles too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what have you been up to since the lockdown started? Uh, and you know, I know that they've been kind of easing some of the restrictions in, in California and in LA. Uh, so what have you been up to lately? I know you've been training your ass off, uh, doing a lot of stuff for kettlebell Kings and, and living Savage. fit. Yeah. Honestly, once the lockdown hit, that was, it was kind of awesome. Cause we were, I was traveling all the time. We got some pretty big deals that were great. And we were, I was, you know, in Seattle, the next week I was in, uh, uh, Boston, the next week after that's supposed to be in Toronto. So it was a crap ton of travel schedule. I mean, more travel than I've ever had. And I had to travel a lot. And then this all happened. It was like, Oh shit, we're going to just put the kibosh on all that. So we just kind of switched gears and really focused on programs, online programs, just as everybody else had, but we'd already obviously had everything set up for the last year and a half. So we were perfectly primed. So we got a couple launches out, started pushing some of the programs that we had had already shot and just freaking crushed. I mean, it was, it was shocking how many people who didn't even give a crap about kettlebells were all of a sudden like, Oh my God, kettlebells are worth their weight in gold. How do I give you my firstborn for a kettlebell? Like, no, I already got three kids. I don't want anymore, but it was, it was awesome. Like we really were able to just kind of hone in on that, on the message and what we're doing with living fit. And it gave me a shit ton of family time, which has been amazing too. So uh, all in all, this has been this has been a blessing in disguise. Not to yes. belittle it or downplay it for anyone who's been affected by it, but it's been awesome for us. So, first of all, I gotta say, um, 
you're probably the first person we had on here to come in off the bat said it's been awesome um (laughs) (laughs) but um i've i've told josh exactly the same thing that you said it's been a blessing in disguise in so many ways because it has helped me spend more time with my family focus on some really important things if anything you know me and josh have talked about this is probably the best time i've ever done in my life as far as business you know so and it's one of those things where it's like you know you know, of course, I don't wish that any of this happened the way it did. Uh, but it's one of those things, too, where you where you have to ask yourself, well, are you going to take advantage and, you know, turn this into a positive? Or are you going to sit back and complain and wait? So we it are, really, I think we showed, it really showed what was possible. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you focus in and it also showed how much all of us and like every single one of us is guilty of this. We just try to cram so much shit in. We have we're such visionary. We have so many ideas, ambitions. And then we're like, no, we really don't have to do that much. And it goes back to that 80-20 rule. It's like 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of what you do. And everybody was backwards for the last however long. This kind of allowed us to take the time, take a breath, and really see what was important. I think Josh will tell you that um, he'll tell you um, straight up that, um, I don't know, Mendes still still hasn't uh, (laughs) fully. Thank thank God we have each other. (laughs) Thank thank God I'm the organized one out of the group. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everybody needs the organizer everybody needs the accountant yeah no for sure man for sure i'm i'm the king of making folders on folders and 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 oh spreadsheets on spreadsheets and, so. I, and i'm like josh envision this think about it like look it's bro it's, we can have that yeah i'm like great i gotta now i gotta figure out the 35 step process to get us there <laughs> yeah that's, that's literally aaron guy at night aaron guy at night i mean he'll like have like i said folders on four I'm like, bro, I can't keep track of all these folders. Like, <laughs> the ideas are in here. Yeah, yeah. Inside the computer? Yeah, yeah. He's always like, well, can I, you got the link for that? I'm like, it's in <laughs> It's in the spreadsheet on the drive. It's, it's, it's been there the whole time. And I'm already yeah. doing something. I'm already, I'm like, bro, Josh, I just hit up this or I just ended up doing this. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, I already man. know what's coming with this. He always starts, he always starts the conversations like, listen, man, don't be mad at me. But I just DM 250 people. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like, back to six recordings a week. <laughs> But it's been good, man. It's been good. I'm glad to hear that things are going well for you. And, and you know, with Kettlebell Kings, great time to be a, a equipment retailer, right? Oh, Insane. Insane the amount of equipment that's been flying off the shelves. And I had, like, one of those uh, interchangeable electric kettlebells. And I, oh, I think I sold that for, like, you know, I think it's worth 250 online. I think I sold for, like, 400 you know? Bananas. Bananas. I have so much equipment that it's like, I don't need anymore. And just being able to get it for, and I'm like trying not to gouge people, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh, supply and demand. Capitalism, baby. Got to. (laughs) So I want to ask you actually speaking about that, like how was that off the bat, especially when it started for, for kettlebell Kings? Like how was that the supply and, and how did you guys, if, if, you know, hitting a, 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 a crash where maybe you're like, damn, we sold out. Like, how'd you guys restock? Or, like 30 or seconds. How long did it take? Well, that's all big. Cause I don't deal with any of that stuff, which is fantastic. I did that once way back when I uh, had shipments of kettlebells coming in and that was such a pain in the ass. This was back when I had my gym back in 2008 and just that little bit I had to deal with, I would never do that again. <laughs> so I don't wish that on my worst enemy, let alone my friends and bosses. So <laughs> It's uh, it's been a struggle, uh, definitely a struggle to keep things in stock and to make sure that, you know, trying to make everybody happy, knowing that you're not going to make anybody happy. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to be like, ah, I ordered this or I wanted this. And I tried to click and it didn't work. It's like we've been doing our best. And so far we have a lot of happy people, you know, can't can't win them all. But it's been it's definitely been a challenge. 
You know, I kind of want to dive right in. I know, you know, you you've probably said it, you know, 50,000 times at least like about, you know, your origin in kettlebells and and how you got started. So, I I, I want to stay away from that, but I do want you or I would like to kind of get your opinion on, you know, what made kettlebells so attractive to you when you got your start and and why you think that there's, you know, such a powerful tool that you, you know, have spent a majority of your career going out and instructing and teaching other people how to properly use kettlebells? Well, that's a great question. Uh, honestly, just from the second I picked up the weight, I realized how unique it was. Just the anatomy of the bell, it made it so different in terms of the feel. Like you take a 50-pound dumbbell, you take a 50-pound kettlebell, and the first time you pick up that kettlebell, that thing feels like 100 pounds. Like I thought like, oh, I'm just going to, I don't want to spend money on shipping. I'm just going to get the one that I think I'm going to use. And I'm like, oh shit, this is way too heavy. And immediately I'm like, this is, this is unique. So I just kind of just messing around with it for the first few weeks that I had it and just uh, loved the articles from like Mike Mahler, Steve Cotter, Pavel, kind of all the OGs in the kettlebell world. And uh, just after a few weeks of using it, I realized how much it was strengthening the areas that I wasn't really hitting. So even if I was lifting the same weight with the same reps, even in the same speed, it just created a space for me to strengthen the joint structure, strengthen my rotational power, uh, strengthen my grip in ways that I wasn't doing before. And just that alone was like, okay, there's something here. And then again, going back to the anatomy of the bell, to be able to take this concentrated mass and swing it when I'd never seen anything you could swing you know, it's like you can explosively lift something off the ground, like in, a, in weightlifting, but you typically drop the bell or drop the weight. And even if you load it multiple times, you're still not typically getting into a true hinge. So with the kettlebell, that was the first time I can get into a true hinge repeatedly. So I'm getting more flexible. I'm getting faster. I'm getting stronger. My endurance is going up. My body fat's going down. It was like, I can do this all with one fucking weight and I can do this anywhere. It's like, holy crap. So it was like all those things combined just like morphed into, okay, what, what else can I do with this thing? So then it was uh, like just, I wanted to share all the things that I was doing myself. And at the time you really didn't see anything other than swing, get up, squat, press, clean and, and satch. And I wanted to say like, okay, well, let's do some bottoms up, get ups. Let's do some rotational snatches. Let's do some lateral swings. Let's flow. Let's juggle. You know, it's, it, it lends itself to being very experimental and flowy and fun. And I think that was really missing in, in that time. And there was no animal flow, or at least there was nothing like I had seen um, like that. And uh, this was kind of the first time that I was really able to step outside of the box, step outside the norm. And then teaching classes and you know, translating that into, into finances, I was able to train anyone anywhere with something that was powerful, something they had definitely never even seen before, let alone experience that feeling. And that just catapulted into starting a gym based on kettlebell training and then going on social media, showing what was possible. And it just kind of kept growing from there. I think we can, I think both um, Josh and I can speak for Josh that we love using the kettlebell and it's Hell definitely yeah. a staple in, in the way we train for ourselves and what we do with our clients. Um, knowing the same way, like when you first picked up that kettlebell and, and you connected with it, what was your approach now and what, or what kind of advice can you give to all the listeners, especially the coaches out there who might be new to kettlebells or might wanting or wanting to explore kettlebells? How was your first approach when it came to now changing your programming that kettlebells now became a new thing in your life? If I were to give advice to stupid me back in the day, I would say number one, go lighter. Don't be a hero. 
Number two, I would have said, find a coach, find someone who knows what they're doing so that I can learn the basics. And number three, I would say, walk before you run, crawl before you walk. You know, there's, there's just understanding the positions, just understanding those static, those isometric holds, just understanding the feel of the kettlebell before ever trying to do anything ballistic or explosive or flowy or, you know, Instagrammy. Um, and just that alone. And that's what, that's the way I taught kettlebells was I went lighter. I did a lot more positional, uh, holds, static stuff. And that just crushed people. Cause even that the uniqueness of the tool, they were able to experience it without, crushing them and killing them and trying to just put, you know, a thousand swings or 10,000 swings into their program. Love it. Love it. Um, another question for you. What made you want to choose kettlebell Kings? What was it that stuck out to you? Um, that you were like, man, this is the company that I need to associate myself with. It's right in the name. They're the king of kettlebells. (laughs) You're talking to the kettlebell king. Well, by the I way, was, I have to uh, stop you for for a sec. I love the, the the whole thing where you're saying, you know, you gotta you gotta um, you gotta feel it, check out the different positions, and do all that. You know, that applies to other things in life too. Dirty mind. <laughs> Dirty I mean, not, you know, sometimes you just dive in head first. You know, that works too. Can take the man out of Miami. Can't take the Miami out of the man. <laughs> Josh is secretly knowing. He's like, ah, I like that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think I'm a little more limber than you. So, um, all right, I forgot the question. What was the question again? So, what made you choose kettlebell kings? Kettlebell what was kings, it that right. thing? I was uh, so I had, I was the master coach for On It. Before On It, I had my own thing, and uh, it was a great experience with On It. We were able to do a lot of cool stuff. I met a lot of great people, worked with amazing people, and then that, as that started to come to a close, I was kind of in that transition where I was like, ah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Am I going to go back on my own? Am I going to you know look at for something? Am I going to start a gym again? I was. It was this like few week period where I was very much scared and super pumped. Cause I'm like, Oh, I hadn't been in this position for a long time. And I had met the kettlebell Kings guys back in 2014, 2015. So I know of them. I always liked their product. They always had good stuff. i had seen some of the things that they'd come out with uh, educationally and I liked what they were doing. And so they reached out to me and they're like, Hey, we kind of heard what's happening. Would you be interested in talking with us about creating something? And I was like, yeah, let's talk. Let's see where this goes. Honestly, went in thinking like, eh, I'm still going to probably do it on my own, but maybe I can like do a sponsorship or do something kind of on the side with them. But as we started talking and as I kind of heard what their vision was and I was able to discuss like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to spend my time doing at that point in my, my career, it just stars aligned. And it was like, all right, let's do this. And Aaron Guyette was on, in, on board with that. And I love Aaron. He's one of my best friends and mentor, just amazing guy. So being able to work with him was just like, sign me up. Let's do this. It's like, jump in, motherfucker. What's, no time to explain. I was like, all right, I just jumped in the van. Now I'm here. How was your thought process during that, you know, couple week period? Because I know you and I had talked a little bit, uh, you know, when you're kind of going through that and you're working through, you know, your deal with kettlebell kinks and everything and, and getting that all sorted. You know, what can you, what, what type of mindset did you have and, and what kind of advice can you give the, our listeners who might be, you know, cause what we're dealing with now with COVID and, and all of the, you know, changes in all different industries. Right. I think a lot of people yeah. are kind of going through the similar thing that you went through. So, you know, kind of shed light a little bit on, you know, 
what your thought process was like, what your mindset was like, and how you kind of got through that, uh, not, not necessarily easy period in your life, but a, a, a giant transitional period. Honestly, I remember exactly where I was before Kettlebell Kings, when I kind of knew what was going on with on it. I remember exactly where I was driving, where I had this like wave of fear thinking, oh man, I've had this thing that's been really good. That's been paying well. That's, you know, been allowing me to be influential. What am I going to do? And I had this just calm where I'm like, fuck, I'm going to figure it out. I figured it out in the past. I know what I'm doing. I know what my vision is. I know what I'm willing to do. I know where my strengths are. Like, I'm going to go all in on that and it's going to be totally fine. And I had this literally this wave of calm. I, I literally remember exactly where I was looking at the gas station next to me. And within literally within a few hours, I got the call from Kettlebell Kings. And even had that not happened, I already kind of had my plan on what I was going to do. So as cheesy as this sounds, you know, for people listening, and maybe you don't have somebody calling you an organization calling you, like you literally, you have what it takes. You have the ability to figure out something. You have a strength. Everybody has a strength. Focus in on that strength. Go all in on that strength. Nine, nine times out of 10, or nine times out of 10, we don't go all in. We still hold That's back right. because there's that fear. There's that little bit of like, can I do this? You know, people know more than me, someone else. There's like a million people that know more than I do. So nothing makes me special in that in any different than I'm just willing to put myself out there and keep learning and keep growing and keep sharing what I do. So you have what it takes. Just figure out that thing and put all your effort into that thing. Stop trying to be a jack of all trades. Stop trying to do a little bit of everything. Stop trying to be known for that thing. Or And then one thing for sure I would say is stop trying to be social media famous. Stop trying to build your following. The more people try to build their following, the more they try to... I didn't try to do shit. I just started putting stuff out there. People found value in it. And then it grew. Like that, You can totally tell when someone's trying to grow something. They're trying to build it. Uh, it's just be authentic, be authentically you and just go all in. I really love that you mentioned that. And I think it's true. One of the things that you see in people many times, they are scared or they feel like, you know, they don't know enough or they're hesitant to start something because they're like, man, like I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. And and I tell people all the time, that's that imposter syndrome that kicks in where they start feeling like, like a fraud in their own field because they're like, well, he knows a lot more. She knows a lot more. And you know, if I'm giving them this and I'm not giving them enough, you know, and I tell people all the time, well, yeah. you gotta understand that, you know, at one point, you know, in your life, you will get to a certain level. And that's the whole thing is you got to keep growing. But where you are right now is enough to serve people and still give them value. So you got to understand that. And that's where you are right now. And you got to understand, like, you're not a fraud. You know, as long as you keep working on yourself, you're not a fraud because you're already helping people no matter what. Because what you know now is still enough more than what they know, than the, the people who are not in your field that you can help. And then, you know, people who self-sabotage, you know, self-sabotaging themselves constantly and not allowing them to, you know, move forward. So I, I, I think that was awesome what you mentioned, um, you know, during this, you know, this topic, because a lot of people do do that. And me and Josh talking about it all the time. And it's just one of those big factors that inhibit people from moving forward. Well, they're just constantly looking. I mean, I, I know so many people that have every certification, every single, you know, training workshop under their belt. And it's like, okay, when's enough enough? It's the same person that's like, uh, once I hit a million dollars, then I'll feel successful. Yeah. Okay, well, once I hit $2 million, then I'll hit, it never ends. It never ends. If you're waiting for that right time, the right time's right now. And like you said, like everybody has some bit of knowledge more than somebody else and some strength, whether it's in their writing, whether it's in their communicating on camera, whether it's communicating in person, you have some strength to deliver that to somebody. 
I'm but telling you, it's 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 one of those. When you said that exactly that about people who just like you see them ranking up, racking up all these certs, all this information, and then it's like they never really move anything. They're always waiting for the perfect moment, the program, the this, the that. I call that infobesity. It's like you're just trying to feed yourself more and more information, and then nothing gets really done with it. You just keep overindulging yourself in info, and and, and you're not putting it to use. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me when I was at Equinox, you know, what, probably like five years ago, six years ago. I took five of the Onnit certs in one year. I took FRC. I did, you know, a couple other like corrective exercise stuff. I took the FMS uh, level one. And then I look back and I'm like, I haven't practiced any of this shit. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I've done some of it myself, but like, I haven't really tried to apply to anyone. And until I do that, I don't really know if it's going to fit into the system that I have or that I want to create, you know, or, or what's going to fit into the system that I want to create. So I think, you know, for me personally, it was learning like, okay, take a cert, take, maybe take a couple, right. Get a, get a decent amount of information and then take six months, try to, you know, really dive deep into that, absorb it all, learn what works for you and what doesn't. And then you can move forward and, and continue your learning experience. Rustin said a good thing when I just saw him and he was talking about how he wants to go year by year all in on one thing and he'll take a course or he'll, you know, take an online course or he'll work with somebody, go straight to the source and just work on that thing for an entire year. And I'm like, fuck, that's pretty good. I, I was doing what you were saying, like three months, six months, and just kind of try it, dabble in it. But it's like, if you really want to see results in something, go all in with that, learn from someone, find someone that you respect yeah, and this is you know advice for anybody, any younger coaches and trainers or people that are new into it, not necessarily young in age, but you know, find something you enjoy, go all in in that and see. I mean, I took an RKC course back in 2007, 2008. I went all in on that shit. Like literally everything I did was okay, I'm gonna learn everything I can from Paul. I wanna learn everything I can from every one of these, you know, master coaches from uh, the RKC world. And then from there, I can see where I can, like you said, where I can, how I can fit it into my schedule into, or into my training, into my system. And then make it my own. It's like, you know, reject what's useless and uh, keep everything else. And so many people just try to like, they get so about the conforming into a group. It's like, I want to be that person. I'm an FRC person. I'm an I person. I'm a Kettle Kings person. No, that does, that's not how it works for long-term growth. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I got to give you a lot of credit because it was a, a ton of your instruction, a ton of your cues that really opened doors uh, for my clients to be able to easily use kettlebells compared to like just you know being adequate at it right like really being able to master the clean being able to master the swing the snatch you know and then get into complexes and flows which you know obviously everyone is big on right now right you see it all you can't scroll through your instagram feed without seeing people doing flows um you know so love hate relationships sometimes yeah i you know and and i I always kind of steal this from you when I explain it to people is like, you know, it's, it's a salt on the recipe, right? Like you can do a little flow. It doesn't have to be everything that you do and you can get a lot of benefit from it. Right. And then kind of get back into, you know, the basics that people like you and John Russin uh, really hammer home into everyone, right? Those foundational movements. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the meat and potatoes or the black bean burger and potatoes if you're vegan. So. Yeah, yeah. I always forget that you're vegan. I always forget that. Actually, I can't say that I am anymore. I've I've added in some meat, but I'm like, wow, you're a traitor. You're a traitor, man. Well, well, if you come to Miami, talking about it because then I'm like, oh, you're a vegan, bro. You're a vegan, bro. Like just salads all the time. You you eat celery. 
<laughs> well, you see grass? Yeah. Well, you're in California, so the gra- grass out there is pretty good for. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty green out here. Yeah. It's pretty luscious. Yeah. Well, if you come to Miami, you know you can't you can't you know leave without eating the Cuban food. So. Oh, I'm half Cuban, so of course I have to. I have to. Oh man, here we go. We were talking yeah, about babies before. Now you're food. talking about the Cuban thing. He's never going to get off of that. <laughs> That's yeah. the Cuban way, man. This is how, see, but this is the thing. You're in Miami, so everybody's fucking Cuban. Yeah, yeah. California, yeah. Like, Aaron's Mexican. Cuban. So when yeah. I connect with someone who's Cuban, I mean, we're literally like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, it goes crazy. I go to Miami and I do that, and they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, really? all right, great. Yeah, yeah, all right, great. Join the million and a half, 1.5 million Cubans here. Welcome to the club. Oh, man. Yo, brother, I got to ask you, uh, doing everything that you've done, all the amazing things things you've done in your career and, and with the kettlebell, what are some new things that you're trying out right now with the kettlebell? What are some of those things that, you know, if you can share with them or if you can't, um, great, but what are some of those things that maybe you can share with us that you want to tell the audience today? All your secrets. So new, new stuff specifically with a kettlebell? Um, or anything, anything that you're doing in general with a kettlebell that, you know, maybe people haven't seen or things that you're trying out for yourself, maybe new movements, maybe anything, anything in general with a kettlebell. Honestly, not, I mean, if anything, I'm kind of going back to basics, you know, I'm still adding in the flows and everything in very limited quantities. Uh, I'm trying to get my, my goal is to get heavier on the flows because, uh, one of the things that I appreciate, but I see there's a very limited physical kind of, uh, benefit to it is people who are flowing with like super, super lightweights mm-hmm. and they're doing, you know, quadruple flips and they're doing all this stuff. It's like, okay, it's basically like weighted juggling. Like yep. you can get heavier weights in juggling. So there's definitely some benefit to it, but I want to see like, you know, 48 K flips and crazy old, like, you know, 1950s Russian <laughs> circus man flips, like shit like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking at that. And then I'm kind of dabbling into how I can incorporate kettlebells into a more kind of bodybuilding approach, because that's mm. something that's interesting to me. I'm, I've never been into bodybuilding as a bodybuilder, but I'm always intrigued by, it. I love pumping iron. I love all the stuff that, you see out there has never been interested in for myself, but how can I, you know, bridge the gap for people? Cause I feel like there's, there's two different camps. There's people that are like, Oh yeah. Kettlebells are fucking amazing. And then kettlebells are the lamest things on the planet and they're stupid and they're for, you know, they're for conditioning only. Okay. Well, how can we bridge the gap? So that way there can be kettlebells in both. And, you know, it's starting to happen a little bit more and more, but when I first started, it was like black and white. Um, so just trying to find ways that I can help, bring it to light to the more conventional. I mean, from the second I started, I mean, you, know, you talk about vision boards and all that kind of stuff where I thought that was all cheesy, but I put on my vision board back in 2006, I'd be traveling the world, teaching workshops. I would be uh, showing the mainstream audience what's possible with the kettlebell. I would be in hundred percent in the fitness world. I'll be making money in the fitness world. I would be all these things and they've all come together. And one of those is let's make kettlebells mainstream and not just because, you know, we've done a couple movements really well. It's like, let's infiltrate everything we're doing in training. Well, that'd be very interesting. Uh, you'll be creating a new market there for yourself, too. I see you've been hitting those curls in, in, the, in the Instagram uh, stories. Oh, hell yeah. You're trying I to mean, catch up to Russin, huh? Trying to catch up to John, huh? I think we all are. That motherfucker. God, I don't it's understand. It looks. It's, it's crazy, but that's all right. You might have not beat in the calf game, though. So, you know, that's really all that matters. What looks good, you know, from... from from the short line down. Hey, look, if when you come out when you come out with that program, you f- you for sure gotta push it in Miami. Oh, the bodybuilder, bodybuilder kettlebell, kettlebell program, kettlebell but kill program. it down Ooh. here. We kill it Ooh. down here. 
You know, it's funny, like as much as people, and this is why I laugh because everybody in the functional fitness world, they try to give me the bullshit about like, oh, I care about physical or I care about my, like how my body works. I don't care about the looks. It's about, fuck you. If you're in any way, shape or form, you care about some, maybe your standard is different than somebody else, but you still care about what your body looks like. That's like, that's ridiculous to say otherwise. Yeah. I, I get, I get sad sometimes just looking in the mirror like, Jesus Christ, you ate that whole bag of popcorn last night. You fat fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. We need some good old fat shaming, fat shaming, bring it back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and candy. Don't forget. Your so, candy. you know, you were, you, you mentioned the programs that you guys released at the beginning of the lockdown. Why don't you kind of uh, break those down for, for our listeners kind of, uh, you know, give them a little insight on what they can expect if, if they b- purchase your programs and then any new programs that you guys have coming out that you can, can talk about yeah. the the main program that we started with was kettlebell origins and it was just a very basic back to fundamentals uh type of program where you just need a couple heavy bells different size bells and basic movements very very low a little rotational stuff a lot of body weight stuff you know swings cleans presses and it was funny because in my training i do fundamental stuff but i hadn't done just a full program of that it was probably one of my favorite programs. I saw great results. I got stronger on that. It just felt really good. Uh, and then I added in a little bit of flow on my own on that, but that was kettlebell origins. Then we came out with double gains, which was a double kettlebell program that was very intense, fast paced, rotational work, a lot of volume, getting into that kind of pump. And that got really, really good results. We got some people who just, I mean, they crushed it on that thing. It was just a 30 day program. Uh, and then, uh, turbo fat loss, which I like that one just because it was like, this is exactly what you're going to get is fast pay is conditioning. You're going to crush it. You're going to sweat freaking balls at the end of this thing. And it's just fun because all the trains that I do, I want to make sure that not only am I progressing, not only am I getting stronger, not only am I moving better, but I want to enjoy the process. You know, I hate, I, I don't like how in specifically in the kettlebell world, but in the training world in general, it's like, oh, you only need these five movements. Well, shit, I only need like three foods to survive, but that doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. Right. I want to add enough variety that's going to lift me, up, lift me up physically, mentally, keep me, keep my training fresh, keep me enjoying my training, but doesn't take away from my uh, my progress. So I always try to add in enough variety in every one of my programs, so you don't get bored, you enjoy the process, but you see yourself getting stronger week to week. Uh, that's amazing. And, and so, so much truth to that. Um, so with that being said, um, knowing, knowing that all this education part that we spoke about, I would love to dive in a little bit on the business aspect, pick your brain a little bit on that, and maybe give some really good advice out here to our users. When you approach your, your programs and the education, how does that translate that approach when it comes to the business side? Um, what are some of the things you do? What are the something? What are the some of the things you look out for? And what are some of the important highlights that you would recommend for all coaches out there to really dive into when it comes to their business in the health and fitness space? I mean, the first thing going back to what we said in the beginning is know know your role. You know, no stay in your lane, and I don't mean that negatively, but he's uh, talking to you, Mendes. If, <laughs> if you stay in your lane, you're going to be able to go a lot faster, a lot further. Uh, so know what you want to do. So do you want to teach workshops? Do you want to have, be an online coach? Do you want to, uh, have an online community? Do you want to be an Instagram person, a social media person where you get, uh, sponsorships, whatever that is, find that thing, go all in on that thing. And then, uh, you know, the second part of that is really just enjoying that process. You know, we get so much stress about it. We're like, Oh fuck, I don't know. I, I don't know enough. Like 
again, going back to what we talked about, I don't know enough. I don't know if we can, if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this right. Just trust the process. It is a process. It's going to take some time, but it's going to pay out. Uh, for me personally, I love teaching workshops. I love being in front of people. I don't want to do that forever just because I don't want to be traveling all the time. You know, for those of you with kids, you know, it's yeah. hard to be gone all the time. Um, so, but with that said, I do love that experience. I love connecting with people. So, you know, teaming up with Kevin Kings was perfect because it allowed me to be able to do the stuff that I love to do, travel, teach, but then also the other stuff I love to do, create programs, connect with people. So it was a great situation for me that it just really blossomed into something really, really cool. Yeah. I've taken probably what now, like five of your certs and workshops and you're by far my favorite instructor, mainly because you do make it so personal, right? You, you do really engage with people. I see, you know, I've been to hundreds of workshops and certifications over my career and half the time I just see like, okay, well, we're going to take a break. Perfect. And then you just see the instructor like jotting down notes or like on their phone, right? You're asking people and joking around with them and, you know, getting to know them on a personal level, finding out what their real experiences with kettlebells, any questions they have, and then boom, right back into the content. So I think anyone who does want to get into presentational speaking, you know, should take a couple of your workshops and really pay attention uh, to the way that you go about, you know, being a professional, being a, being an instructor, really caring about what people take away from these things instead of just collecting a check. And not only that, but you forgot, to, you forgot to mention he has the Cuban sauce inside of him. Oh, I told you, man, it's never going to stop. <laughs> I mean, it's why Miami, it just all comes out. I, uh, no, it's funny because I absolutely hated public speaking. Like I got so nervous public speaking and call up and through college. I fucking hated it. Absolutely hated it. And now to the point where I love it, like I crave it. I even still get that same kind of, the same kind of nerves kind of come up. So I guess going back to like what other advice I would give to people is lean into the shit that scares you. Lean into the things that make you just like feel really uncomfortable. Like that's probably, and you know, again, not to get all cheesy, but like that's probably going to be the path that's going to not only yield you the best results, but give you the most enjoyment in life. Cause that's given me more than I ever would have thought. And I never would have thought that that's the thing I would have done. That's why I lean into Josh all the time. He's always making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Plus my cologne really smells good. So That's teamwork right there. Yeah. Right? Safety first and then teamwork. <laughs> Safety first and teamwork. Always, always, always. So brother, um, dude, I, you know, everything you're sharing is, is amazing. You know, first of all, it's amazing. Um, I want to ask you now on the social media side, um, cause I know you do a great job with that as well. Um, what was your first take on that when social media entered your life and what was your first thought process when you first entered it and how you were going to approach it? I mean, my first experience with social media was YouTube back in 2009 and no, there was no kettlebell workouts. There was nothing online. There was a couple like, uh, pirated Pavel videos that you would find <laughs> other than that, it was nothing. And so my, my first business partner really did a good job of pushing me on that and, you know, filming and editing. Cause I, again, another thing I thought I would never do. And I hated was being on camera, mm. fucking hated it. That was me too. And just started putting stuff out there and growing with that and developing a following through YouTube. Uh, and then, um, you know, obviously through Facebook. And then when Instagram started, I was totally that mindset, like, Fuck, another system. Like, I don't want to do anything else. I'm already on this thing. I don't want to do anything else. But uh, I just started putting stuff out there. And then same thing, just what do I like? What do I enjoy? 
And then there's going to be someone out there like me that will find value in this. You know, it was people focus so much on what's going to do well, what's going to sell, what's good, what are people going to be attracted to? It's like, fuck that. I'm just going to do the things that I like and that I know that I'm fairly good at and someone will find value in it. And then when I started kettlebell exercises, it was literally on a whim. I was walking in from the gym through to my car and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Cause I had this website, the subscriber site. I was like, nobody's logging into it for, for, it was built for my clients. Like nobody's logging into it. I'll just start like an Instagram. So that way I have an easy way to get people to just look at the exercises. And I just started kettlebell exercises right there and just started posting. And I was doing, you know, a couple angles, making it look pretty nice in the beginning. Within a week, I had a thousand people. I'm like, well, right. all right. <laughs> and it just turned into this. No, I, I, I agree. Like it, it just everything you talked about and how you were saying, like putting your energy into that thing, uh, focusing on that thing. And, you know, it, it's obvious you can tell that, you know, when you, when you, when we hear your name and we see what you're doing, you already know what you're going to get. And it's just like, it's, it really stands out. And then I was, you know, I was laughing in my head when you were saying about like, um, man, the new social media platform that just came out or that new one, oh shit, I got to get on it. It's like now, um, I think me and Josh were talking a little bit. It's like now when, with the whole TikTok thing, everybody on TikTok. And then I'm, I'm laughing because you're hearing some of the people have like, got in their feet wet a little bit with it. And then they hear, you hear about the banning of TikTok and everybody's like, they're like, oh, Thank God I don't have to get on TikTok anymore. They're like, I could just stick to Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you got to love Zuckerberg just being like, oh, you're going to ban that? Perfect. We're going to take it over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't have to give you $200 million to buy your company? Perfect. No, We're just going to make our Instagram own. Instagram reels. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Crazy. We always, we, I, we always tell a story. I, everyone who's listened to the podcast probably heard it 100 times already. But I remember when I started with Equinox back in like 2015, he worked at, at the gym in Coral Gables, and I was one on South Beach. And I would go down there to like work out and take some of the educational classes. And I, I was working out with him one day. He's like, oh man, like, you know, this one, Instagram just came out with like the 15 second videos. He's like, man, you gotta like, you gotta be shoot, you gotta be recording your, your video, your workouts on, on your phone and then like editing them in this thing called iMovie. And I had just came out of strength and conditioning. I was like, fuck you, man. That sounds <laughs> dumb as fuck. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You sound like such a meathead, bro. <laughs> Film my workouts on my phone and then put them online. Like, no, not, not like I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, you fucker. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I'm shooting them, putting them in. I wasn't even like doing any kind of fancy editing. It was just something that was always just a step above what the masses were doing. And that's kind of like what I tell people now. It's like, look at social media and there's gonna be people who do insane jobs. Like you guys both have an awesome social media, like the way you guys shoot things, it's way more professional than most people even have access to. But look at like what the general people post. Don't do that. Do a step above that. You edit yourself out of starting At least make sure you're in the frame the whole time. Make sure it's not like on the ground and it's just a cross shot of you doing swings. Make sure that there's not a bunch of shit in the background. Like just Yeah, save save those crotch shots for OnlyFans. Exactly. Oh man. No, that that's hilarious. No, it's so true, man. Like I agree and and that's why I'm like, man, I'm already thinking, I'm like, relate with you. You're already thinking, I'm like, visionary, visionary, think ahead. Like, this is the next, I'm already thinking. You guys about, are giving me so much anxiety. I I'm like, Josh, I'm like, I have this idea. I have this, he's like, refocus. He's like, refocus. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, but Josh, you got to. Uh, I had to call him five times yesterday to get him to send me one PDF for this email for, for our lawyer. He's like, he's like, yeah, but like, we could do all this stuff. I'm like, that's great. But you have your computer in front of you? He's like, not nah, in the other room. But like, so we can do all of this stuff. I'm like, that's great. Go get your computer right now. Okay, I'll send it to you. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to stay on the phone. 
Go get your computer. Send me the. Send, send me or the, even, or even better. Yeah. We were, we were. Uh, it makes me be, feel better now. I don't feel so alone. Before, <laughs> yeah. we, before we started the podcast, we were like, okay, we gotta get this. Um, we gotta get this Apple TV to link up some stuff to to monitor our TV and our computer for the guest. And he was, and I was like, all right, I'll order it now. Um, he's, he, I can already tell he's like, okay, good, good. He's gonna order it. And then when I'm ordering, I'm preparing. I was like. Oh man, I just remembered. I have a hundred dollar gift card at home, and he's like, "No, no, no, just order it. <laughs> yeah. You you can use those hundred dollar gift cards <laughs> yeah. for another thing because you're gonna have to order another thing." Yeah. And I'm already thinking in my head, I'm laughing because I'm like, "Here he is." So he's like, "He's gonna get home. He's not gonna order it, yeah. and then I'm gonna have to get on him tomorrow." <laughs> Took us like two months to get a coffee table in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this is literally it's, what I go through all the time. It's always interesting though when you find those people like you and Aaron, right? Where and and Mendez and myself, right? Where it's just like I met him first five minutes. I was like, "All right, you're the man." You know, like I'm gonna be hanging around with you a lot more. I gotta find things that we can work on together. You know, something something's gonna happen, and, and, and we're gonna work together for a long time. You know, it's it's always crazy when you meet those people, and like you know, you were saying with Aaron and, and Mendez and I have said about each other all the time, like we couldn't be more different. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, we could not be more. Even, even I think the look speaks yeah, for itself yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Sometimes I wish I could grow a full beard, but you know, it's, it's never gonna happen. It's overrated. Yeah. I, I saw an old picture of him the other day. I'm like, man, you look good with that trimmed up beard. You look good. You might need to go. I was like, oh, you want me to come in looking like yeah. that for you one day? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> oh, I, can't, man. I can't shave. Every time I shave, I'm like, no, no, it just doesn't look right. If I if I, if I I took off the beard, I'd look like a 12-year-old boy again. I have like such a baby face. What beard? You, when you take off what? You're such a dick. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. Let me yeah. zoom in there a little bit. <laughs> You're such a dick. Now I need that Xanax. Anyone got some? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm all anxious and nervous. <laughs> oh man. So what's new? What's new with Marcus Martinez, man? Like, what do you personally have going on that you're excited about uh, outside of Kettlebell Kings? Oh man, this is pretty much life right now. So between kids and that, there's not much time for uh, anything else. I mean, I. One passion that I started jumping into last year was I love comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I love everything about it. I love the the interactions with people. I love, I mean, watching it like crazy. And uh, I had a chance to do it last year. Absolutely terrible, like God awful because I got forced into it. So I, I work with Craig Valentine. It's like my business coach. And I started with him right before I got in with Kevin King's. And just, I love what he is about. I love the way he does things. And um, he asked me to MC his event last year. And it was good. It was a ton of people, a few hundred people. And then he was like, by the way, Saturday night, there's going to be a comedian coming down. I want you to open for him. I'm like, I've never fucking done comedy. Yes. He's like, figure it out. So, all right, cool. I, I had this event that I was MCing for two full days that was, you know, like I said, hundreds of people. I was constantly, I was more nervous about that five minutes that not even anybody was going to see. And, uh, I did it and scared the shit out of me, but it was fun. It was, I felt comfortable up there. It was really like, it wasn't funny, but it was, I was glad I did it. So that's something I had wanted to start going into further. I didn't know what capacity I didn't want to like become a stand-up comic, but, uh, I just, I love that process. I love the writing. I love the delivery of the jokes. I love the connection with the, with the, with the uh, audience. There was just so much, so much just fun in that. Um, so that's something at some point I'll probably get back into right now. I have literally no time for it. Cause if it's not working on a program, working on blogs, working on articles, you know, starting the living fit show that we're going to be launching, it's kid time. So 
Was there was there a Cuban joke in there? I told you, man. He's never gonna he's never gonna stop with the, the Cuban audience. thing. I that's, told that's, you. I gotta save that for Miami tour. <laughs> that's a Miami tour. Listen, we'll, it's like we'll letting some, air out of a balloon. It's we'll just see gonna some, get worse. Some jokes while flowing too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of good comedy clubs out there, man. You know, you might you never know. You might get your start. Dude, there's so many good ones. I, I mean, honestly, I was. Uh, there's a couple that I like because they're very small and it's like all these like homegrown people and just watching terrible comedians, watching great comedians, watching people that like, I can pick up a couple things from them. I like the way that guy did it. I like the way that girl did it. You know, and then, uh, and it's just cool because it's so ballsy because it's funny because everybody thinks they're funny. And then as soon as you get up there, you realize, oh shit, there's a, there's a method to this. It's not just, there are some people who are just naturally fucking hilarious and they can just talk. And they're just like, oh my God, get on stage and just do. like, I'm not that person. So I really respected the process of writing and connecting and putting this stuff together so that it all kind of flowed. So now that we know this side of it, like what, how would you say, or would you say, is there any like translation or was you, would you say, is there anything from your health and fitness side that actually maybe helped you in this area? Oh, hundred percent. First off the confidence. I mean, being able to be in front of people and talk to people. I was that like out of shape, you know, high schooler, early twenties guy where, you know, fitness really changed my life and just being in even remotely good shape. It was like, okay, that gave me the confidence to be able to get in front of people. So that for sure. And then, I mean, just even just being able to do these workshops and learning to be in front of people and being able to, you know, talk to people, deliver thoughts, be able to communicate these thoughts, be able to kind of lead people in the direction I want them to go. You know, all that stemmed from being able to train people one-on-one or doing group classes in my gym. I mean, I, if you teach classes, you've been public speaking for the last however long you've been teaching classes, even if it's three people, that's public speaking. I, uh, I I gotta try to find someone at Netflix so we can get you a little we can get you a little three show three Woo! three special deal or something, man. How crazy is it now? Like I feel like there was a time where it was only like big name people. Now and only like on HBO. It was like only HBO and and now you know Netflix is really like booming. And Wait, they what? do good work. The produ- the production work is great. What's us. your comedian name? <laughs> I just go. Ugh. I have a fucking awesome name. Marcus Martinez is perfect. Yeah, that's true. Eminem. Very yeah, it's very great. True. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. It's very ethnic right now, which is totally in, so it works. You know, kind of kind of touching on the, the production side of things, getting back to, you know, Kettlebell Kings and, and what you've been doing with the, with the programs that you've been building out. What, you know, what do's and don'ts do you have for people that are either – you know, shooting their own content now. And I know we kind of touched upon it about like framing everything and, and making sure that you, you get good angles, but you know, anything that people wouldn't normally think about uh, that you found has really worked for you guys, uh, especially now that you're, you know, really at, between on it and, and with kettlebell Kings now, like really running the show with the production side of things and, and not just being the face of like the, the, the person working out uh, any do's and don'ts that you have for the people. When it comes to program, I mean, even just the program design, I feel like I see two camps. I see people that try to throw everything in a sink or they do like so little, it's not going to actually elicit any kind of change. So first off, be specific. Like, what do you want to accomplish with this program? Make sure it's results-based. That's the other problem I think is people don't test their things out. They put things that look good on paper. How many times have you seen coaches 
who put a workout together and then they teach that workout in class and it's like the fuck who I do it all the time. Together? I do it all the time. All the time. You know what you're doing. How many people don't know what they're doing and they're putting these workouts together that there's no way this is going to be sustainable. There's no like 45 seconds of plyos. The fuck? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? There's it's, it's all or nothing. So find that middle ground, practice it, do it yourself, test it yourself. Not enough people are testing the programs on themselves to see if they actually elicit the change that they're saying that it will. So it takes time. You know, it's like, most people know, like you guys are in the fitness industry, you know, how many people think like, oh yeah, I can put workout plans together. No problem. Oh yeah, Everyone. Workout program, workout program. Everybody Everyone. can do a workout program. <laughs> of course I can, I can create a basic workout program. Especially on social media. But everybody does workout programs now. Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw, I, I was training for online training. I was training two of my clients that we have like one a tr- month free program. We have a tr- like a track that's around, like wraps around a giant fo- like nice turf football field right on South beach. And I was training two of my clients uh, yesterday morning. And there's always like this, this three groups of guys that run sprints and they do like little body weight stuff next to us. And I, we were listening in uh, to what they were saying. And one of the guys was telling like the, the, the most fit guy out of the group, like, Oh, Hey, like, you know, you could, you're really good at this. Like you could, you could do, you could be a trainer and they're like, yeah, you know, I think I could do this. And this is the biggest trigger word I have is like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it like part-time. I'm like, Jesus oh. fucking Christ. Like my clients, my clients looked right at me. They're like, you're really triggered right now. Aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I need to, we need to get away from these guys. <laughs> like, yeah, it's always, it's always funny to me. It's like those, uh, it's like the, uh, the coaches that sell products and all of a sudden now they're fitness coaches. I'm like, no, you were selling a product. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. The basics of anatomy, let alone basics of programming a um, workout. Well, it's it, too, for me, it's like, well, you wouldn't be a part-time lawyer, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You would, Hey, I think, you know, you're really good at arguing with me. I think you could be a lawyer. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it part-time, you, you know, just press. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Uh, Surgery only on the weekends. Every well, weekend. down down here, you got a lot of those. That you got a lot of those by where he lives. You know those <laughs> those rubber those rubber cement butts. Miami were kind of neck and neck. Yeah, yeah. You know, half ass everything. Yeah, but man, it's so it's so true. You know, I and it goes back to your thing. Like, if we're gonna do something, go into it. For you sure. know, full steam ahead. No, you got to really Absolutely. dive into it. If not, then what's the what's the fucking point? Yeah. At the end of the day. I want to. I love that saying. If it's not, if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a no. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I want to ask you. Um, speaking about programs, what is out of the programs that you have of your own? Which is the one program that you enjoy doing yourself the most, like your favorite? And then which is the one you're like, okay, this shit's brutal. <laughs> I'd say the the Turbo Fat Loss program was probably my favorite because it was everything I love about kettlebells. It was all unilateral work. There was rotational stuff. It was fast paced. You can incorporate heavy, get stronger. It's like all the things that first attracted me to kettlebells was in that program. And then, uh, the one I absolutely just, every time I say I'm going to start and I do like a day and I'm like, fuck me is that double gains one. Cause as soon as I start doing high rep, double kettlebell work, I just want to shoot myself in the head. It it's is rough. going to give you the best results, but holy crap, is it going to crush you in the process? Yeah, du- any any double ball work is is brutal, man. It's brutal. <laughs> Complexes, rotational work, double. I mean, I'll, man, that, I have no words for it. That's how that's how bad it was. Yeah, I started getting one of my female clients. You know, she's been working with me for a couple of years. We've been really hammering the foundations. I started adding a, a lot more complexes in there. She's like, "Fuck, these are so hard." <laughs> she's like, "I'm like, all right, do four reps of this like three movement complex." She's like, 
<laughs> and she, before she was like, oh, our workouts are kind of easy. Like, I feel good, but I'm not super sore. Now she's like, God damn it. Can we like, can we go back to the old way it was? I'm like, nope, you, you opened it up. It's Pandora's box. Like that's just, that's just Josh throwing workouts on the fly. You're like, well, <laughs> oh man, dude, I, um, I got to ask you another question. What is the one program that you always suggest people to start with you first when they, when they see your page or when they get introduced to you? If someone's like new to kettlebells, that's why I came out with the kettlebell origins plan because it's very much like it is perfect for beginners. I love the, I mean, we got such good feedback from that, from people who knew kettlebells and who didn't know kettlebells. There was a few people that were like, this is too slow. This is too, I'm like, first of all, I've seen your form on, on social media. You Shut need up. a skill. <laughs> you need to get the fucking technique in order before you start complaining about anything. But that was like one of my favorite programs because there was, again, it was Perfect for beginners. Great for people who just kind of need a, a back to basic start. I like Pobble's programs. I uh, sorry, there we there. go. It's nice bicep though. Woo. I I like uh, you know Pobble's programs. They were great programs for me personally. It was a little too simplistic and it was just too like you know one or two movements. Great for some people. Great if you really want to get good at kettlebells. But when I realized training clients, nobody really gives a shit about it unless they are a kettlebell fan. If they're not a kettlebell fan, then they need some variety. Um, so yeah, I would say my the kettlebell origins you know, because gotta self promote. That was probably like that's my go to when people are like, "What do I do next?" Go do that. I mean, that's that's what I've you know I've really enjoyed about everything that you've taught since you and I have met is that no matter what it is, you find a way to keep it interesting. You you find a way to keep people engaged and keep them entertained, man. And uh, you know, you're a prime example of who I point people to when they're just starting the industry and they have, well, who do you think I should follow or who do you think that I should go learn from? You're one of the first people I always send them to, uh, because the quality is always there. You know, you're, you're very professional, you're very knowledgeable and overall, you know, you're, you're one of the best people that I, I, I know for sure in the fitness industry and, and in general. So yeah. I, I know we're almost at an hour, man. I want to say, you know, thank you. You know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for showing us your biceps. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Where can, uh, I know you, you, uh, threw up your Instagram handle, but you know, just one more time, where can everyone find you? Where can they find the programs? So all of my, all the programs, everything I do. Oh my gosh. I should have put my phone on, uh, <laughs> everybody's decided to call me right now. I, uh, no, all the programs, everything I do is on living.fit. That's where I have our course, our virtual course. The, if you want to get certified in kettlebells, that's where we have it all there. And everything I do is on there, the blog. And then just from a social media standpoint, kettlebell exercises on Instagram is where I put all my stuff and literally on there every day just to help people kind of on that journey. I remember how influential a few of these uh, coaches were back when I started. I mean, people who I reached out to who were so helpful. So I try to help people as much as I can. I do that through the videos I post and then through DMS and, you know, helping people in any way I can. So Awesome. Awesome. I know Mendez got another question for you. Before I, I always got a, a few questions. All right. Uh, first question. What is, if you're stuck on an island, which kettlebell would you take with you and why? I would take my 32K because I can still get stronger. I can still do enough movements with it. So I can still do some mini flows, even if they're not complicated rotationally. Uh, I can still do a lot with that. I, I love the 32K. That's like my, that's like my baby. Staple. One of my favorite love ways. Um, next one. Um, Rapid fire. I got, I got a, 
few more. What's the uh, what's the wildest thing you've ever seen as a health and fitness expe- uh, expert? I mean, other than me. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, I would say I once saw a dude teaching somebody and they had their client on two BOSU balls upside down and had them swinging and they were swinging a kettlebell and I'm watching them and I'm like, this isn't real. Like, this is obviously not real. He's obviously fucking around. I was looking for cameras and he has, and I'm, I'm listening to him give the cues, which they were just awful. And I'm watching him swinging the bell. He's like, yeah, yeah, uh, scan, do a little bit more hips. Do a little bit more hips. Okay, less hips. It was it was straight out of that scene in, uh, I forgot what was that, Paul Rudd movie, where he's like, do less. Oh, I love oh, you, I man. Do, I love you. I love you, Get, Do less. Do more. Do, uh, nah, that's too much. Give me everything you got. Give me everything you got. Everything you got. It was literally that's those two insane. guys combined. I'm watching this like, the fuck? And that was, that was where you get a lot of that stigma from like functional training, mm-hmm. balance training. Like, yeah, there's a time and place for incorporating balance work. There's a time and place for incorporating BOSU balls, all that shit. But that like, that's the guy that everybody hates right there. That was the person. Yeah, for sure. That, that would have been on the only indeed Instagram. Oh my God. Those, those <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen that. Go look. Oh my God. Those, those Instagram pages for like the freak shows in Miami are the best. They're the best. <laughs> they're the best. They're like the Craigslist of Instagram pages. You know, like <laughs> you find the wildest shit up there. <laughs> Um, next question. I don't want to, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. What's what's your best comedy line? Oh, Oh, you're going to ruin his set, dude. You're going to ruin his set. You're going to ruin his set. You got to say that for the Netflix special. Come on. It's all about the set. It's the same thing I had. No phones. No phones. Give me me your best. Give me, give me, uh, tell me a joke. And I was like. All right, teach me how to deadlift right now. <laughs> yeah. Get a barbell, show me how to deadlift right now. Yeah. No, you need to warm up. You need to get everything ready. You need to prepare. The, there's a setup. <laughs> you saved yourself there. I love it. Um, I got your back. I got you your go. back. Don't worry. Do you have a um, a comedy account or another account just for comedy? No, or not? nothing okay. like that. All right, we're going to start you one then. We're going to start. We go. <laughs> but you will let us know when you come I, I, to Miami. I, I haven't quite gotten that ballsy enough to put that stuff out there. So we'll see. I'm sure I'm sure soon because it's. I definitely feel it coming. And that was, That's awesome. that was the one thing I remember was like that thing that scares you, this thing that like terrifies you, like lean into that. That tears me, terrifies me. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna figure out leading into that now. Love it. Um, last question. In one sentence, what's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today? Man, I would say judge no one and go with the flow, because too many people in this world are judging everyone for their thoughts, their ideas, who they are. I mean, there's just everyone thinks that they know better, and the reality is nobody knows better. You can't judge anybody. You don't know where they're, where they are. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they've gone through. So just don't judge anybody and then go with the flow to go in the, the flow. People misconstrue that as you don't give a shit or that you're just uh, passive. It's like, no, life is going to kind of, you, you, you always try to make plans. You try to do things, you try to control things. And that just gives you anxiety and stress and fucking fear. Just go with the flow. Enjoy the process. Go with the flow. Everything will turn out better than you even expected lose your expectations so guys you heard it from the man himself <laughs> don't judge go with the flow thanks for coming on again man everyone marcus martinez appreciate it guys much love 
Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.